0: In 1999, you know, right when the World Wide Web was becoming the platform that it has now become, I felt like we needed to go out into that atmosphere in order to communicate the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and go through that door. So in 1999, you know, just a few years after the real big surge of these Silicon Valley kind of things, we put futureandhope.org out there. And it was based on Jeremiah 29. He said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Everybody say, future? Future. And a hope. So we have every right, as Christians, that was Jeremiah prophesying to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people, that in their time of 70 years of difficulty with Babylon, in the middle of a lot of hardship, God knew the plans he had for them, and it was going to work out. And uh, We, as the church, in 2018, have every right to embrace that fundamental truth because it is confirmed over and over again through the Old and New Testament. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. There actually is a plan in the midst of all this seeming chaos and randomness. There is a God of order and purpose and has a destiny, has a plan, and the Bible reveals all these things to us. So part of future and hope talked about God and man and man's sin that separates and Jesus coming to save us. Last week I talked about how we're to grow up in all aspects in him out of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And what I want to do with future and hope is make it the John three sixteen of the of the, the internet where we can increasingly advance the gospel, make Jesus known in all the languages. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached to every nation. And then the end will come. And so we are to be correspondent and cooperative. We're to be equipped. He said he would give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. So this is what I, week in, week out, approach this whole thing with to feed and fuel your faith to increase the potential for us to be more and more effective, more and more impactful with signs and wonders following. We're to pray to the Lord of the harvest, Jesus. The symbolism is seeds get sown and a harvest, there's a time for a harvest to come. We're coming into another harvest. But the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So we are to pray the Lord of the harvest will thrust forth laborers. And we are a working organism. We're the church. We're called the body of Christ. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 12. And we all have a part. There's an old song. God has an army marching through the land. Deliverance is their song. Healing is in their hand. And everlasting joy and gladness in their heart. In this army, we have got a part. And Ephesians 4.16 says it's the proper working of each individual part. So then that lets none of us off the hook. This lets none of us go into a life Without consequence. We all are, the Bible says, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're created in God's image. And this is why the Bible is so amazing. This morning, Patsy said to me, a certain famous uh, fashion magazine put out a printout and said, 22 books you don't have to bother to read. And one of them was the Bible. And I thought that was, that was sad. It wasn't shocking to me. And I thought, you know, I, I, I no longer read that particular fashion. Uh, uh, it's a man's fashion magazine. You know, because what they do is they say, hey, you need to wear thin ties, wear thin ties, go get all your thin ties, throw away your fat ties, buy all thin ties, okay, now thin ties are out, get fat ties, Whoa, whoa. (laughs) what? Then it tempts us to be tie hoarders, and we don't want to be tie hoarders, because that would be weird, you don't want to be called a tie hoarder through your life, and you also don't want to be trendy and flippant, and oh, by the way, wait a minute, did I ask you Fashion Magazine to tell me whether I should read the Bible or not? No, and by the way, your credibility is a little low. Because when Gutenberg did uh, movable Type, he didn't print up a fashion magazine. He printed up the Bible. And the Bible is the word of God. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will not pass away. And that God's word is forever settled in heaven. And so I want to go to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. And in the little compressed moment of time I have, I'm going to basically encourage all of us about the value of the Bible, what it's about, where it came from, why we should read it, why bother, when we've got culture telling us, don't even do it. And I want to show you, it's not like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I have to read my Bible. Look, I run to the Bible because I need help. And the Bible is a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinforce its reliability. And I think this is probably a best, the best starting place I could give you today. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 14 through 17. You, however, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy was a Jewish man. His grandmother and his mother were Jewish. His father was a Greek. He was a great committed disciple of Paul the Apostle. He loved Jesus. And he became a pastor. And uh, these are the pastoral letters. Timothy and Titus were both pastors and under Paul's leadership. And this is the famous encounter where he called Timothy his son in the faith, and he he encouraged Timothy that, hey, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's implied that Timothy dealt with anxiety. And uh, God had to really help Timothy to realize that's not coming from God and you need to conquer it. And God's not giving it to you. He's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That, how many of you, that, by the way, has helped you at a time or two in your life? Yeah. So the Bible says of us parents, we're to speak the word of God to them when they ri- go to bed and when they get up and when they walk through the day. Uh, to give them a foundation, to give them a foundation and a clarity and a map. Hallelujah. Everything I see, everything that's really been uh, enriched in my life has come from God's word. In fact, faith came by hearing the word of God. And in 1972, as a teenager, in answer to God, if you're real, show me prayer, God sent a wide awake Christian in a random seemingly random moment to communicate to me and I thought well I said there are many paths to God and he said I used to think that too but Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me that exclusivity really it jolted me because in a pluralistic relativistic world that, that goes against the grain but you know the narrow path leads to salvation there's a broad path that leads to destruction so I won't be reading that magazine anymore, but I'm going to keep reading the Word. And look what it says here. It says, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced in. Continue. We underestimate the value of continuance. There's something powerful. They continually devoted themselves. Marriage is just about a commitment that you continue in. The Christian faith is a commitment that we continue in. We continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. Continually is not so saucy, you know. Continuing is not so elating, but continuing is what we do. We plow, we press on. We daily get up and press on with God. Having done all to stand, we stand. We occasionally have spikes of remarkable things that impact our emotions and rouse our focus and sharpen us, and that's good. And those are wonderful things. But that's not the basis of our life. The basis of our life is we build our house on the solid rock of the revelation of the Word of God. And it is a book to study and meditate on. And here's what he said He said, Man, from the beginning you've continued. He said, The things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And he said, And that from childhood you have known, look at this, the sacred writings. Can you imagine? a modern magazine that's telling us all the time how big our sideburns should be, Uh, don't bother to read the Bible. Excuse me, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God, look, I've lit fires with your magazine. We've lined the birdcage with your magazine. But nations have been changed by the word of God. Families have been saved by the word of God. Uh, listen, keep a medium, tie and just move on and stay in the Word, all right? <laughs> Let, let's, let's go back and read this. That, that from childhood, you, you've known the sacred writings. You've known, and everybody say sacred writings. We're going to talk about this just for a moment. Which are able to give you, look at this, wisdom that leads to salvation. They're able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And what happens as a result? Equipment. So that the man, woman, or child of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. See, I'm a big believer in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we, when we're saved, are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I had a prophetic word the other night in church. A woman came up and talked to me. She said, Pastor Jeff, you had a word about somebody going to work and there was conflict at work and that there was somebody that was going to step up and was going to speak into the situation and it was going to stabilize and and retrieve jobs. She told me that in her case, wrong decisions had been made and a lot of people lost their jobs and it became a huge situation. And she's a reserved type of a person who would prefer not to do what she was about to do. But because of that heads up, she was prepared. She stepped in there. They made The board made a decision, restored all the jobs that had been lost and all the disruption that had occurred. And there's this little, little sweet, lot of diminutive little gal that just went in there breathing fire in the name of Jesus. It's real. And you know, we I don't know about you. When I got married, I've been married 40 years. When I got married... I mean, I, I wasn't in my 40s. I, I got into my 40s before I started to feel like I was really a man. I felt like I was a boy man through most of my childhood because I had a disrupted youth. Uh, when we were young kids, terrible things happened, and I know this is the case for a lot of us, but it was a game changer throughout our lives. I had to, on one hand, grow up and be the adult, and on the other hand, I delayed my adolescence. So that explains Patsy has to deal with perpetual Dennis and Menace aspects. Uh, but also, then all you know, I also have all this resolve and all this maturity. It's kind of a funny, funny thing. But see, we sometimes feel inadequate. And uh, Paul even said, who is adequate for these things? You know, adequacy is a real issue. It's like, man, you know, we're all like, hey, man. But the good news is there's information from the Bible where he will pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh, And even this verse right here, as we develop understanding and continue in the sacred writings, they're able to give us reproof, correction, training, encouragement, direction, understanding, comprehension. I would never have known I could be saved unless I read the scriptures. I would never have known I could be healed unless I understood from the Bible that this is a biblical truth and it's a promise of God. I wouldn't bother being in church if I didn't know Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it and do not forsake the assembling together, which is the habit of some. But the fact is, this is what is the pattern. It makes sense to me that a magazine said, don't read that, don't read that. Come drift off into consumer-driven oblivion. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we perish. No, no, hear the word of the Lord in this place. The Word, we study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, handling accurately the Word of God. Recently, I got a testimony from a young millennial girl, school teacher, had a battle with an incurable disease, was raised in an atmosphere that taught that healing is not something to be expected today, that it passed away with the apostles. So she had to come in, and the technical approach, she had to go in and see... And searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. She had a condition. She tried to do things with uh, altering uh, uh, lifestyle, uh, uh, diet changes, things like that, none of which worked. She talked, scheduled an appointment with a surgeon. Their testimony was that she went to the surgeon. He said, yeah, you're going to have to have this removed because it doesn't go away. So she went in there. She later, she canceled it. The man scolded her, said, you know, I just have to tell you, you made a bad decision. This stuff doesn't go away on its own. She went and continued to realize, hey, though I've been taught that healing's passed away, now I recognize from studying the scripture that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, I change not. By Jesus' stripes I am healed. He bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases. He, he who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf that we might be made righteous. You know Jesus, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I've lost a lot of battles. I've been through a lot of symptoms. I've dealt with a lot of stuff. I get it. But I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate and govern my theology. My theology is what it is from the word of God. That's the bar that is raised. That's the plumb line that is held. And I'm not going to have, well, because this didn't happen this way, then I'm going to start changing the word of God. The word of God is going to last forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Imagine a magazine, have a wide tie, have big sideburns, cut them off, get a trim. And then it's like, don't read the Bible. What? Let's get back to adequacy. How many of you, have ever felt inadequate? You don't even want to raise your hand. It's like, I don't, especially don't want my wife to know because I am, I am using my energy, to look capable. But you get alone with God, and you, I'll be right back. Yeah, be right back. Oh God, help me, God. Right? Isn't that the truth? Honestly, let's be honest in here. We need Jesus. We need Jesus, and it's a noble heart and a honest human being that admits that. That's the start of something big when you realize there's trouble and pandemonium and sin and and you take ownership and say, God, I'm, I'm not all that, but you are. And what I bring to the table is a broken life and sin. And you come to the table and you make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And you it's a banquet table and the banner over me is love. And you give me your supernatural blood that was shed to cleanse me of my sin. And your broken body that brings healing to me. The girl said, no, it couldn't, be, it couldn't go away alone. But Jesus healed me. All the condition left. That's, from, that's because she studied the Word of God. Hallelujah. So let's finish this verse. He said, you know the sacred writings. You've studied them. You know where they came from. You know, and this is what Paul is saying to this. He's informing Timothy's Jewish heritage of the Word. Remember, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, being careful to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. That's what God assured Joshua and Caleb right after Moses passed as they transitioned out of all the Egyptian bondage, the wilderness, and they were going into the promised land. In Psalm 1, how blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In his, in his law, he meditates day and night. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's, look, let's finish up with this because I want to show you a phrase that from this cancels out the silly periodical telling us not to bother with the Bible. Look what it says here. It's Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. From childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Look at this now. All scripture is inspired by God. The Greek terminology is passe grafe Theonustos Theonoustos is God. neustos is wind. <sighs> God breathed. <sighs> See, there were great scribes and appointed people back over a, such a long period of time, something like fifteen or sixteen hundred years, sixty-six books. Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They're books of history, first and second Kings, first and second chronicles that document the movements of God in their lives. Judges, Joshua, First and Second Samuel, and so forth. Then it it goes into the poetical books Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Then it goes into the major and minor prophets. All of these documents are pointing to the cross. All of these pages, there is Jesus in every sentence. There is Jesus on every word. It's the foretelling of a Messiah who would come through the Jews, and that, as God told Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. And the nations are all round about us. There's diversity. He said people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every dialect. It deals with racism in one fell swoop. It creates a great democratization of value. He died for all. All the nations, all the people groups, all the ethnicities, all the different elements. Hallelujah. You see that in the Bible. Jews and Gentiles, the dividing wall has been broken. There's a new creation that happens when you're in Christ. Engage with this. I'd be so discouraged if it were not true. But I'm greatly encouraged. Courage is embedded in me because of the word of God and what it fosters. In fact, our adequacy is from God. Paul said, who is adequate for these things? He said, our adequacy is from above. I factored this in as a husband. I factored this in when I became a dad. I factored this in when I started serving in a church. I factored this in when I would lead mission teams and when I would be responsible over so much uh, duty, when I would face off with counseling appointments. People that were older than me had gone through much more than I had in life and in my natural experience, but I knew with God all things are possible, and I trusted God. I know people that were lost that became saved. That's the biggest miracle of all. Oh, I believe in miracles. So the girl that needed healing had to find out because, well, the God of miracles has changed and miracles have passed. No, she had to be informed and she was studious. She's educated. She had to study to show herself approved unto God. She had to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Because the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, it gave her the definition she needed. It gives you the adequacy you need. It's corrective. And and Jesus said, look, unless you abide in me and my word abides in you, you know, he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will and your joy will be full. And he said, he cleanses us by the word. He said, you are already pruned because of the word. I get around the scripture, part of what I hear, it sounds like a chainsaw. And I'm reading it. This is the day. And cuts off my dead branches, my bad attitudes. Thank God. It's like, whoa. Cuts off your bad attitude. You go to it and you read where David repented and you see the mercy come back on transforming mercy on him. You read, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who has ever had CPR from that verse? 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You battle symptoms and you just, it's like one more battle. And then you, just, you read about the Apostle Paul, and it was blow by blow, but God's grace was sufficient. And we stagger not at the promises of God, and we fight the good fight of faith. And circumstances loom, and it's disappointing, but we take a deep breath. I just got a text from somebody in another country in the hospital. Had dengue fever, cancer, and so many other things. And now they're saying, hey, we, we, you know, your kidneys are starting. We're talking dialysis and all this stuff. You, you think, what do you do when your faith grows weak and you've been mule kicked multiple times? Well, that's what the guy did. The middle of the night, we're in the hospital. Let's pray. There's no distance in the spirit. The Bible tells me when you pray, you believe you receive. The word, the word is our foundation. The word. When, when somebody said, you've got my word on it, and they're, they're sincere and they have integrity then you can just relax. Say, okay. My dad was a reliable man. We're talking about stepdads who raised us. And uh, he was trustworthy. He was from Texas, and he was from a Christian. His mama was a Christian. She got healed of cancer in the 50s, and he had a touch of God instilled in his life. He had, he had a Judeo-Christian ethic. Though he wasn't in church till later on in his advanced years, he didn't quite relate to church. He came in through the side door of Service International in the, fr- in the flood, and I'm grateful for the service orientation of practical men and women in this church who led my dad to the Lord. And I'm honored to be part of this church. I'm honored at the tone. Not only am I called to be a visionary and a teacher, but I'm also called to instill culture. And my prayer is we be a loving, word-based church, practical, where we help people, we stand firm, we know how to fight the good fight of faith, and year in, year out, you guys are getting steady, solid, Uh, milk of the word, the meat of the word, sound doctrine, spirit of faith, a lot of love because faith works through love. And I'm just believing God, you, you win in life. I'm believing God, you live to be ridiculously old. The word of God is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness so that the man, woman, or child of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. He is our equipper. One of the things that I want to lay out, just as I go back to my notes, there are aspects of God's character and his relationship with man that are revealed in the Word of God. First of all, he's our creator. He's our originator, which assures us of our origin. that gives us bearing in life. Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created. Hallelujah. Then, later on in Genesis, he told Abraham... I'm going to take care of you. Abraham, as a tribute to that, named the mount where he was, where God had provided for him. He said, The name of this place is the Lord will provide. Children are the gift of the Lord. We learned this revelation when we were young. When we had our first child, we didn't even have medical insurance. That's why on the staff, I make a point of having really good, good, good medical insurance. And Patsy had the baby without any, she was all hippie. And I like to think I participated. But I pretty much watched. And uh, it was a miracle. And God supplied. And uh, we raised up our kids. You need to learn how to believe God for yourselves. So pop off the training wheels and you learn. Then you take the scriptures and you learn. And I got a bad diagnosis a while back. I brought my family together and I told my kids. And I got a text from Taylor. And I looked at the note. And it was this litany of amazing truths from the word of God. And I'll just tell you, I, I, I said, Taylor, where did you get this? He said, I just, I, did anybody help? No, I got this from what I've grown up learning. I said, really? Okay. No, no, I'm noting this. And it, I'm telling you, it helped me. You know, one word from God can get us out of a ditch. One word from God can reignite fire that the enemy's trying to extinguish. Bring just enough light for some, one of you that's depressed in here right now to get you out of that funk and get you back on your feet. He's the glory and the lifter of our head. And David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. So don't overrate the depressive seasons because they come and they go. You're built to last and outlast it. And as you just receive the word, it's like a candle in a dark cave and it'll light the whole thing up and get you back out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got a good report, by the way. I got a good report. In fact, I shared, I shared with my kids, and I looked over at Steve, my, my son-in-law, and he goes, Well, by his stripes, you're healed. Now, that's awesome. And he wasn't like, <clears throat> it was like, no, this is the position we take. Right? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus' name. I think about Megan's grandpa, who I thought was an adorable, wonderful man, had three kids, beautiful, married to Gloria. He just passed. He came here to our church to watch his grandkids. What do you do when you're Jewish and you see grandkids with Jesus? What do you do with Jesus? But Jesus is the Messiah. Salvation comes through the Jews. The gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. We that are Gentiles are non-Jews. All the nations get included into this thing that God gave through Moses and Abraham and so forth. It makes me so grateful. It makes me so grateful. This will bust all the anti-Semitism out of the world when you see that the salvation came through the Jews. What a treasured life we have. What, Thank God they were willing to sit down as scribes and write down the things the Holy Spirit breathed to the uh, men of old. God revealed the word to the world. Hallelujah. And we've got some punk magazine telling us what size our sideburns should be. Oh, don't read the Bible? Are you out of your mind? yes. We're getting our minds renewed. We're getting trained for righteousness. That we might be adequate, equipped, not for some, but for every good work. This is pervasive. This is practical. If you will give earnest heed to the voice or the word of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord, am your healer. Of course, the famous Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Ponder it, pronounce it, proclaim it, declare it. Look at what it says. I shall not lack, I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. Look at this. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the weirdness with all the news and conflict in the media, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, those represent the scriptures, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look at this. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me. Not some. Not early in the Christian faith, not later on, all the days of your life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The scriptures reveal the Lord Jesus to us. He said in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is these that testify about me. Every page of the Old and New Testament beats the drumbeat pointing to what Jesus Christ ultimately would bring to humanity. He's the most wonderful person who has ever been. He's worthy of our consideration. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of complete devotion for the long haul. He's faithful. Jesus is Lord and he's mighty. He's beautiful. He's what makes heaven heaven. He's what makes the Christian faith make sense. He's what makes the church elegant because he's the head of the church. said he would build it and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Big deal, huh? Luke 24, 27 says, the beginning with Moses and with all the prophets. He explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Study the word just to fellowship with Jesus. Listen, digital Bible is a real help. Paper Bible, I love my paper Bible because I know what side of the page it's on. And I had the presence of mind when I bought, I bought a good edition with Smith binding and with a good leather back, and I bought a few of them. And I'm underlining them and marking them because that's just what I grew up on. It's this particular translation, I love it. Although for the audio Bible, I love the, new, the, the King James Version, by Alexander Scorby. It's now improved where it used to be cassette tapes and it was on CDs and now it's on, a, on an app and when I get in a car, the car, it engages with Bluetooth and it automatically comes on. And I could put it on slow, I could put it on fast, because you can process more words hearing than you can speaking. And it's, I don't want to sound uh, inconsiderate when I say this. Sometimes I will speed it up because I want to be able to have the endorphin rush of having listened to the entire book of Mark while I'm on my drive. The other day I listened to all of the book of of Esther, all 10 chapters, and I mean it roused my faith. I'm still blessed by that delicious meal. You you ever go away from a good meal with good nutrition, good nutrients, and your body's satisfied, and you feel like, yes. You know, the, the Bible says that man doesn't just live by bread alone, but by we live by the word of God. Jesus, how did he deal with the enemy? With the scriptures. He said, it is written. It is written. And he shows us how to improve our stance in faith. And I've been through situations where I got so discouraged, I didn't even want to read. The last thing I want to do is read my Bible or pray. And that's a sad place, but aren't you glad God's merciful even there? Yeah. Praise God, All right, Who has ever found him to be faithful when we're faithless? That's our te- you know what our testimony ends up being? It's not that of performance. It's that of how great God's mercy and grace is.